0: So the first thing that um, okay all right the first thing we like to do is we like to start with thinking about what's going on around us and I think it helps set the perspective for why we built this for our customers and and sort of what the experiences they're having are. Public content is relevant, right? So there's there, there's this there's a growth and explosion we're all we're all aware of this of natural language experiences um, we're having public content that is relevant to our businesses. We talk often with. Uh, some of our customers that are saying things like news events impact our business, and we want to know about that. Um, news articles are written about us, and we want to understand that. Um, people are mentioning things on social media that obviously has an impact on the brand, the customer service. You know, how many? I'm sure tons of us fly here. How many times when you're having a trouble with the service that you interact with, you're probably tweeting and giving that feedback, right? So, uh, there's a lot of this content being generated. Um, the other thing is that you know, customer engagement is has been forever, actually, and is increasingly becoming more uh, natural language-based. So folks are calling. They're, they're leaving feedback. They're leaving tweets. Folks are calling up and having uh, contact center, call center conversations about your brand, service, or product. Uh, you're getting emails from customers. There's all this feedback coming in. And you know, so that's really the, the world around us. And so there's a ton of this information being generated. The thing is, like, when you, when you also think about the technology and the platform is, you know, data lakes are becoming more popular. S3 has brought the cost of storage down considerably. You know, so if you think back not even five years ago, if you want to store a lot of this unstructured content, right, so coming from social media blogs, posts and reviews, it was pretty expensive to do that in an on-premise SAN, for example. That applies to a lot of data types. But with S3 um, and the rest of the AWS services, which we'll talk about how you'll think about them in conjunction with this, these things are becoming really inexpensive and possible. The other biggest reason we built this, and we think the time is right for this now for our customers, is that training NLP is hard and it's expensive. So when you think about the process of training uh, uh, an NLP model for the folks in the room that haven't done this before, you first The first step you know to follow the cyclical graph here, the first step is collecting data. so you have to go collect a bunch of information it's not just kind of blindly collect, collecting information you have to you have to have business acumen you have to go get support calls you have to go get sorry you have to go get news articles. Um, if you want your NLP model to be context or domain aware, you have to go find information in that domain so marketing content, sales content, finance content. So there's a lot of... And then, of course, you have to have an engineering team to you know, connect to that data, pull that data in, clean it, prepare it. We've all heard the story over and over uh, as it relates to the data science process. This is tough. The next thing you need to do to train an NLP model is you have to annotate the data or label the data. So you have to literally open the, the file itself, and typically you know, humans do this, we, we do this, is you go in and you'll label it, so you'll say this is a company or this is a date. Or this is a you know this is a this is a commercial item this is a product, um, and we've done that over millions and millions of documents. But you know a lot of our customers call us up and say this is hard, this is expensive. The last key component to this is the fact that you you know to train an NLP model and to continuously train an NLP model, you don't just do this once and leave it there. This is a this is a process that continues to go over and over. You have to have a data science team, so you have to have. Engineering is collecting data. You have to have annotators annotating data. And then finally, you need to have a data science team that's picking the model. They're, you know, they're, they're, training, they're training the model. They're playing with weights and measures to give you the accuracy that you need from the model. So we've, we've heard from a lot of customers that this is hard. It's expensive. You know, we, we want a solution here. And then what's actually quite interesting is that this is actually what our team does nonstop for you. Our team train, staffs with engineers. We, have, we, we start with a business use case of data that we want to be really good at. We collect it. We have a, a number of annotators that go through and annotate this data. And then we have a data science team, Most some of them are in this room, that are going and training this model. So this is our value prop to you, is we're removing this burden from you and taking it on ourselves. So we call the service Amazon Comprehend. The service itself is Amazon it's obviously it's a natural language processing service. The service itself we like to say it's fully managed, which means we run it for you and then we continuously train it for you. That's one of the value props I love the most. We keep doing the previous slide for you over and over. The service itself has five core capabilities or features. The first feature is sentiment. So when you think about text analytics, you want to know what someone's saying and what's the sentiment. Are they having are they saying something positive? Are they saying something negative? We'll go through in detail all these, all these APIs. The next thing is entities. So you look at a set, set of text, and we'll extract entities, which could be, like I said, commercial items, it could be organizations, it could be fam- people. We'll extract those, and we'll categorize them for you. And again, I'll show that in detail. The third capability is languages. So we identify up to 100 languages. So you could submit language against the service, and we'll tell you what, what language we think it is, whether it's English or Spanish. We do that up to 100. The the sentiment entities and key phrases right now works over English and Spanish. And then the, the fourth API is key phrases. So think of this as common noun-based com- noun phrases. So you know, we'll go through some examples later, you'll see it, but you know, things that aren't proper nouns, like we'll catch the rest. And this is really important for NLP, because not only do you wanna know what they're saying and how they feel about th- what they're talking about, but you wanna have all the other descriptive words. Then you really understand at scale what's being talked about, what are the mentions, wh- what's the experience, what are the descriptive words that they're using. The fifth capability is something we call topic modeling. So for the folks that are familiar with text analytics, you know, this has been around for a while, we've wrapped that in a really easy to use service. Um, so you could submit documents. Topic modeling works really well. It's latent derelict allocation is the, is the algorithm, LDA. And it works really well for taking a large corpus of documents and organizing them into topics, into topic groups, right? And I'll, we'll, we'll walk you through that detail. Of course, like I said, it's really important to note this entire all these capabilities, this entire service is built off of deep learning approach. That's really critical because you know text analytics, to, to be candid, has been around for a while. And it's even built into some database software, like you know, Oracle text and things like that. Our approach is that we want to take a deep learning approach because we'll get more contextual and we will increasingly become more accurate. We're very competitive now. We'll become more accurate over time. What I mean by that is we'll know, you know. A, that a specific word in context of a sentence, why that means that way, what it means. You know, if you're talking about automobiles or you're talking about food or merchandise, we're contextual over time. So just to kind of give you a quick summary, again, I'm going to fire up the console. We'll look at some. We'll even paste in some real. I'll type in some real uh, text. Um, the, we we break it. We separate those APIs into really two things. One is text analysis. So as I mentioned, you know, this is a sample set of text we've submitted. Named entities would be things like Amazon.com is an organization. Seattle, Washington is a location. And, and the organization and the location is what we're doing. So we're going and saying these kinds of things are, belong in these category types. And this is really important. So you could essentially, and I'll, we'll show a demo, you can get a view that says, my customers seem to be talking about these you know, organizations a lot or these people a lot or these, you know, these brands or commercial items a lot. The next one is key phrases. So as I said, you know, more common noun phrases. So if I'm looking at this sentence, I, can, I, can, I know they're talking about books and blenders, things like that. You know, one of my favorite examples is I was, we were working with one of our customers, and they were going through in, uh, product reviews for, uh, they, they list properties on a site. And they were saying, you know, everybody seems to like this one listing. And we used the, your service, and what we realized is, they love the beautiful pond out back. You know, that's not something that was in the summary, it, you know, but it was in the comments, right? And it, it, and it was found and extracted with the key phrase. And then there's sentiment, right? So sentiment, straightforward. Is, is it negative? Is it positive, right? So if, you know, this one in particular, right, it's, largely most of it is neutral, but the I love buying everything is obviously positive. So if you're a brand manager, if you're a customer support manager, these are really important things that you want to know. And lastly, the, the text is in English the other capability area is topic modeling. Let's let's look at specifically what this gives you. So what and, and we'll, we'll walk you through the demo, but what you would have fed in is you would have literally just pointed us at an s3 bucket of documents. That's it. And then you would have hit run, give it a job name. And then we will uh, we will emit two views when we're done running the job. The first view is the keyword topic groups. Okay, so as you can see here, the topics are Buckets of words, if you will, right so you'll see so you'll have a word bucket, you'll have a set of terms, and then we'll give you the weight of that term. So now you could instantly see, hey, I've said return to me 10 topic groups. Now you can see the bucket of words organized into 10 groups that help you understand that corpus of content, that, that set of documents. The next view that we give you is we tell you of all those documents, which ones map to which topic group. Right, so this is great, and we give you your proportions. You could, you know, you, of course, you could set your threshold yourself. This is amazing, because like, you, could, you could theoretically point this at a SharePoint folder and automatically know the 10 top uh, topics that are across that document repository, and then if you want to go organize them, we even tell you the documents and how they fit into each topic. So you could just immediately take action. So it's, it's topic modeling. So real quick, let's go ahead, let's switch over to the demo machine. So we we announced this yesterday. We went live yesterday. For the folks that haven't seen this, this is in the console. This is for you to go use. Um, You can go play with the service. Uh, What we have here is, is, let me collapse these. I think it's easier to talk about it. So the first thing we do, as we talked about, is we extract the entities. So this is that same set of text. And these, these are the entities we extracted. You can see organization, location, right? Starbucks is in there. Boeing is in there. So these are entities mapped to topics. Demetrius will talk to you about this in more detail, but the service a REST API, we return to you well-formed JSON. So it's really easy to work with. And imagine, I literally walked up to this API, I didn't know what a model was, I didn't know what, you know, like, uh, I, I really many concepts about data science. I just walk up and I submit text and I get these responses. You can see the key phrases here, as we talked about in the example, books, blenders. This, this, is, this is real live code. You could, you could fire this up in your, in your browser right now and start pasting in your own content. It's actually kind of fun. And of course, here you can see, this statement as it is, this doesn't have the I love the delivery experience in it. It's neutral, you know, kind of just pretty informative statement. But if I went over here, and um, I like tennis shoes, so if I said I love my Nikes, it's really positive. So we know that, we see that, we return that to you. And I urge you go in, play with it, You know, give us feedback, but this is sort of how sentiment works. Again, if you're a brand manager, you really want to know that. If I was a brand manager for Nike, I, you know, I love the fact they love Nikes. I might see that they don't like the price, and they shopped at a certain retail location. You know, to kind of think about all those attributes that's in that text that I now can act on.
1: Okay, I'll hand it over. Um. So yeah, I want to talk about the developer experience, pretty much the SDKs uh, and how to use them. And uh, the SDK is uh, available uh, and as of yesterday, so and we have a CLI and we support all the languages as part of the AWS SDK, so you can use it in your applications. Uh, let me describe a bit about the APIs and how we kind of group uh, them together and and, uh, and and what we're offering. We try to make sure that we, our APIs are simple to use and you can integrate them into, your applications uh, uh, easily. So the the group is we're grouping them into synchronous and asynchronous APIs. So the synchronous APIs are more. Uh uh, low latency calls that you can directly call our pre-trained models like language entities key phrase, and sentiment and We are offering also as you've seen a batch API where you can batch multiple requests together and submit a synchronous API We've seen that that uh, resonates more with people that integrate this application into data pipelines where uh, The the application is very throughput sensitive the asynchronous API is mainly the, the topic detection uh, Which uh, because we have to train a model on the data that you have provided in S3, uh, you uh, submit to us your S3 and you get back a specific ID that uh, you are able then to poll for progress and list your jobs. And I can get into more details uh, later. So you see here this is a typical response uh, of our language and our entity APIs. The language is very uh, simple. We return the, the language uh, code uh, for the, uh, one of the ha- 100 languages that we return, and we also get a confidence score about the confidence that uh, the model has in the prediction. So you can use this confidence right now as a way to uh, set a threshold for your applications. If you care about highly accurate results, you can set a specific threshold and only discard and only keep the, the very accurate predictions. If you care about recall about a, a bigger uh, range of uh, predictions because this is what your application is, you can adjust the threshold accordingly. For entities, an interesting uh, um, a note is that we return the begin offset and end offset of the entities that we return alongside the text and the entity type and the score we do that because we want to make sure that you know exactly the part uh, of the text that the entity actually uh, uh, is on because for example amazon could be an organization or in a different context it could be a rainforest so our uh, models are trained to take context into account and want to make sure that you have this information in your apis in order to build even richer applications uh, so I, we tried to list here how to use the APIs in different languages. So here's an example in Python, for example. As you see, it is very simple. You first create the, uh, initialize the Boto client, and then with just one line of code, you can call our detect entities API by passing the, the language code. The language code is required uh, in these APIs, but you can stitch it together with your, with the detect dominant language, and, and have, uh, 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 and, and integrate both together if you don't know the language of the text that you are processing. If you do, then it's much easier and you uh, avoid the extra call. Uh, so you can use this API, uh, you can use this uh, code, for example, and simply integrate our uh, natural language processing APIs into your uh, Glue pipelines, your Lambda calls, in the AWS ecosystem uh, applications that you're building. Uh, let's look at an example of a batch API. So in the batch API, we give you the option, as I said, to provide uh, multiple requests. And synchronously, we will uh, predict and run inference for all of them. And you can get back both the successful and the unsuccessful um, uh, Uh, Returns so you can choose to you can still get partial results uh, and adjust your retry logic accordingly uh, by iterating through the the error list and we have sample code for that in our documentation in order to integrate that. Uh, This is an example in Java. Uh, As you've seen uh, in Java, you you initialize initialize the, the the client. Uh, we, we try to be very creative with the text list <laughs> that uh, we provide here, but uh, also very simple, just by providing the, the text list array and the language code, you can easily iterate through the result list and, uh, and uh, return uh, uh, pretty much all the, the inference results that we have. Finally, I want to uh, show a bit the topic modeling APIs that we have. This is a CLI uh, example. Uh, you can uh, The topic modeling API, as I said, is asynchronous. So you can trigger a start-topic detection job. You can provide to us the number of topics that you want us to, uh, to try to, to predict. It's an unsupervised model. So we're trying to make sure that by providing the number of topics that you give us, find the best allocation by running the LDA algorithm. Uh, you can uh, specify a job name for you to be able to refer to the uh, to the job, and then uh, f- we are, uh, you can provide the S3 URI uh, bucket, and we support two different input formats, one document per file, one document per line. That is, uh, uh, in the first case, each of your documents are in separate files, so we uh, run our LDA algorithm on top of that. In the, second, in the latter case, uh, you have multiple files where each document is on a separate line. We've seen that for example The latter is better for shorter text uh, like tweets, etc So we try to make sure that we support both formats in order for you to easily integrate it in your data pipelines without having to do extra preprocessing and Finally when you call the start-topic detection job You'll get a job ID handler that you'll be able to call describe and list to be able to track the progress and uh, uh, see uh, and get the output folder in order to get the, the output, uh, the topics, and the document allocations that Nino described earlier. So Great. that's it. Thanks.
0: So one of the things that, you know, I wanted to ask is, how many folks in the room uh, are data scientists? Great. I love that. There's literally one or two hands that went up. How many of the folks in the room would consider yourselves analytics solutions builders in some dimension or form? Excellent. So now that we've covered the what, you know, why we built it, what did we build, I think the most important thing for us to land in this session is how, how. What do you do? How do you work with this service? How do you think about this service in conjunction of a solution? So you know, we like to think of this as you know, comprehend AWS Text Analytics. So the for the folks who haven't seen this, this is sort of how we represent all the investments that we're making in the AI team. Um, this is our ML stack. So you know, if you're coming in, and you, you're, you're really a data scientist, and you want, you, you want a healthy set of frameworks, you can come in at that level in the bottom part of the stack. Let's say that you're, you're a data scientist, or you're a solution builder, or a data engineer, and you really want help building machine learning models, and you want help running those models, you can come in, uh, and there's things you can do there at the middle part of the stack. SageMaker is a great tool for this. right? Now let's say you're coming in, and you're a data scientist that wants to save time. So maybe you don't want to train models. Uh, Maybe you don't want to write a model that translates text or a model that transcribes text. Uh, Let's say that you really want to just focus on building your data pipeline, building the views that matter to you, and making your data warehouse better, getting some really cool value out of that. Then you'll you'll hang out and consume at the top part of the stack up here. So like I said, these are continuously trained machine learning models made available to you in, in really low friction ways. There's a couple really core common use cases that we see that we see with customers. And, and if you have some new ones, and as we go along, give us feedback. We'd love to hear about it and build for it. The top use case is voice of customer analytics. So, so I was mentioning this. This is really understanding who are you, who's talking about your brand, who's talking to your company. Um, you, you, you could even imagine just you know, going through. And you know, we, like I said, we have one customer that's reading reviews and building personalized features for those customers and for every other customer for you know to navigate and understand the products, so it's really capturing that natural language conversation the sex thing the, the next thing is that we have is that uh, semantic search right so we have customers saying hey i 'm an elasticsearch customer today i 'm storing all of my call center incidents in this elasticsearch bucket. We like to go through and kind of just see what 's going on to fire up, pull up some incidents, use some keywords that you would do with elasticsearch but what i 'd really like to do is show me all the day's negative experiences show me all the all the call outcomes you know most call center agents write a call outcome or summary that we've learned, and they'll say, show me the negative ones, or show me the positive ones. So that's a really rich search predicate that you can now act on, right? So NLP, but going through Amazon Comprehend before you hydrate Elasticsearch is a, is a great way to get more value out of the search experience. Knowledge management and discovery is the other third core pattern. So this pattern, in, in broad sense, we hear customers saying, hey, I've got a bunch of emails that, you know, I really want to understand what's being discussed. I want to understand what's being mentioned. Um, these are customers that say, you know, I've got a bunch of documents that come in. You, know, I mean, you can imagine uh, a lot of us buy insurance and we, where there's a lot of document form-centric business applications and, and processes that though there's a lot of documentation being generated. This is a really easy way to just organize, right, to go through. And one thing I, I saved to go back is, if, if for the folks in the room, how many folks in the room have heard about topic modeling or LDA before? Awesome. That, and, and I've done it, it's really hard <laughs> to build an LDA implementation. I usually get stuck on the how many nodes do I need, what algorithm do I pick, how do you sort of make sure it's, there's enough capacity to run this. We've wrapped this whole thing, and in in like, like uh, Demetrius just showed you behind some really easy APIs, and then we built a console. So you can just go into this console and write zero code and run a topic modeling job. So I was showing you the API Explorer earlier. Now this is the topic modeling part. So I can literally just go in here without wiping the screen. And by the way, we have some sample data there, so you guys can all try this yourself. And this is it. This is all I really provide. I say, here's the S3 bucket with text files. Here's the input format. So that's either one document per line or one document per file. right? Just really simple stuff. How many topics do you want to get this, these, this corpus organized in? You could do 10. You could do 100. Right? It's really up to you. And then you give it a job name because it, you know, it's an asynchronous service and we'll, we'll tell you when we're done. And then there's an S3 data output. The output is what I showed you earlier. There's, there's two schemas, those two views. One is the topics with the words. The other one is the documents mapping to topics. So we urge you to go in, take the sample data that we've provided, just check that little radio button. And then, of, or, of course, sorry, last, the last thing left out is how do you want to you authenticate yourself against the service, And then go ahead and run it. And it'll dump the output into an S3 bucket. You can open it up. There's CSV files and and, and play with it. It's it's really neat. So I know this slide's busy, but let's narrate it, because I think it's really, really important for how you think about using this service. On the far left-hand side of this slide, this is what we were talking about. These are the natural language experiences that your company's having today. These are coming in in tweets. These are coming in in Facebook posts. These are coming in in comments and reviews. These could be coming in, and like I said, they could be documents, like there's a business process and there's a document filled out. All of this data is coming in, and you're largely using, this is unstructured data, so you're using an unstructured and compliant store. So you're probably using S3, probably, your EFS. So you're dumping all these documents in there, all these text files. Now what's amazing is, is really you light up on the far right all of these analytics design patterns. Right? So, so if you've got a varchar or a text-compliant field, you're now, you can just dump all the entities or key phrases in there and do things like work with you know, Redshift to do grouping and trends and joining and correlating. I mean, that's your data warehouse. Your data warehouse now has Comprehend. Right? You can now work with text in really rich ways. You, could, you can fire up Kinesis, which we will show you a demo. This, this, these comments or reviews could be coming in in near real time, and you're setting a predicate to go look for negative sentiment trending. And it fires an alert, pages your brand manager, says, oh, well, guys, that new launch is going off the rails. Someone's got to do a blog post. It's right? real stuff we're hearing. It's hilarious. Um, so Comprehend really sits in the middle of all this. It takes unstructured data you know, to, to kind of be dorky technical about it and, it. and it provides structure. And then once it does that, the full AWS stack lights up. And then so no matter what the pattern is, right? I, I mentioned ES that's short for Elasticsearch. Now you're doing semantic. You're doing rich filtering. And of course, EMR is a platform in itself so you can move all this data and work with EMR you could do clustering projects over there obviously you could work with with spark jobs or you could do the, you could use the graph for search implementations on on EMR as well so this is sort of how you think about this solution fitting in most of our customers have said that their way that they 're really orchestrating or transacting the left to the right is through glue glue has a job capability you just write really simple Python script to you know, for each document, send a sentiment, get the response, write it to S3. Um, you could use Lambda to coordinate that same thing I was mentioning, or whatever you know, data integration or data developer tool that you use that coordinates job flows and supports our API. We're going to start aggressively working with partners. So if you guys have data orchestration or development tools that move data and you want this to work with Comprehend, send us a note. We're really going to focus on that. We want to make this thing super easy to use and build into your solutions. So one of the most important things, you know, we always we tr- we, we touted by Amazon, we're really customer centric. So we've been working, we've been fortunate to work with some really great customers, as we built Amazon Comprehend. So we've we've actually brought two today, um, and what we'd like to do is have them show you what they've built, um, how how this is going to help their business. So with that, I'd like to bring up Min. Min's with Elementum. Welcome. Hello.
2: Uh, thanks for inviting me, Nino. It's so, a pleasure. Uh,
0: thanks for being here.
2: Yeah, so I'm, I'm head engineer at Elementum. Right? so we are a supply chain management company. Um, in this industry, in the last thirty years, uh, hasn't it has not changed, right? So we are here to make things better. Uh, our some of the customers are Fortune one hundred, um, to name a few: Johnson Johnson, Dyson, and Office Depot, right? And what we do, our software is provide real time, end to end. Platform that unifies the procurement, the logistic, manufacturing, and inventory management, which then lead to you know our product graph itself, right? Which you know, we digitally map to our product economy, It's is about twenty five trillion dollars, right? And that's where we enable you know where our manufacturer to make smart decisions, right? For, uh, really uh, anticipate dis- disruption, corrective you know actions, and also convert volatility into opportunity, right? What does it mean for our customer, right? It's really help them with their operational excellence, really continue to improve it, right? To drive revenues, right? One of the things is deliver the right product on time. Let's take Johnson & Johnson. Imagine you have a drug that you needed by a specific promise date. We want to we make sure, ensuring that the product is delivered to you on time and is the right one, right? And also, we want to proactively recommend alternate parts too, like chemicals that produce it, right? Where you know there's a disruption in the supply chain, and these where Amazon comprehend will help us. We we'll discuss it a little bit later downstream. But really, the second part is to wrap it up is increasing cash flow, right? Reduce reducing lead time, right? For our supply chain, and the same thing. The last one, really monitor our suppliers, our partners. What is the actual performance versus the service level agreement that they have? Okay, so you know, so. Really excited to partner with Comprehend. So, one thing, like, you know, before we dive into what we did with Comprehend, we didn't want to discuss the requirement from an Elementum point of view. Right? Nina talked about, about you know, the public content that we're scanning. We are scanning news. Right? We talk about languages too. Johnson Johnson is not just in North America. Right? We are looking at APAC, at EMEA. Right? So, we're looking at different languages. We want to understand what's happening for our customers. Right. We also, our system build a disaster awareness where we, like discussed earlier, we want to proactively recommend different things to help them with the operational excellence right, and also business continuity right, and also build a sort of continuous workflow for the supply chain that really keep the company keep moving. So I want to really bring up a use case right, for how we use Comprehend. Where in, anybody heard about what happened to Hurricane Irma right, on the East Coast? So one thing we talked about is Puerto Rico and how it affected everybody's lives, but there's a lot of vessels actually got stuck in the ocean waiting to dock into Miami, right? But what does it mean? So there's a lot of supply chain also out there talking about it. Where we just comprehend really to discover the meaning. Is DHL has one of these vessels? Is FedEx or somebody that had this container belong to our customer? what does it mean? So we want to use to discover some of these meaning, relationship, we talk about entities, right? sentiment, is it good, is it bad, is it ready to dock, like, what's going on? And really build some sort of topics, Right? and really the best part is we talk about how difficult it is to do uh, NLP, like we have a data scientists in our organization. Right? The team we're working with engineering operation spent enormous time just collecting the data, building this platform up, where uh, Comprehend itself really could help us continue learning, right? help us <coughs> easy to categorize stuff, and at the same time, really fully manage our operation. Right? So these were how we used Comprehend. Right? Analyze the news itself, looking at our element of data set, right? taking some of these meaningful topics, meaningful sentiment, provide sort of corrective action or anticipation for our customers, and how they could resolve the issues. So if we'll you go to the next slide. On the high level architecture way, right? so we toss everything in S3. We everybody uses S3, we use Athena and everything else. Right? Comprehend, process it, give us the results. And the best part is where it's learning, our system itself, the user application, need the feedback to the system. We're gonna continue to work with Nino and team to figure out how to make the model learn. Because we have custom model that we have ourselves, but where we offload a lot is the basic topics, right? Does, does it mention Dyson? Does it mention Johnson Johnson? Where? Yeah, where you know, they are, Why, where the geolocation are. Yep. So this something is less on our effort, where we're going to be more focused on our business use case, right? and instead of the stuff that's coming out of the box. Yep.
0: That's great. That's great. And I, and I love the, the whole workflow. You know, it, it really just nails the story around content coming into an inexpensive, scalable store, co- using Comprehend. You guys are extracting all these insights that affect supply chain, uh, and you're querying it, and you're reporting on it. And it's great. Yeah. It's been a real pleasure to partner with you guys. Yeah, yeah Thanks. great. Thanks, Min. Thanks, Thanks so much. I, I actually remember the, the day that Min and I were, we were all chatting, and I went home that night, and I was thinking, oh my gosh, uh, supply chain software is reading the news. You know, and it, like, it, it, seriously, at it you're like, this supply chain software is reading news and understanding events, like geopolitical events, things that impact supply chain route planning, and it's awesome. It's awesome to see that. So, like I said, we're really lucky we're working with some great partners. Our next partner is the team at Infor. They're going to come up on stage, talk to you a little bit about what they've built. Uh, so, come on up, guys. Thanks.
3: Tess. Thanks, Nina.
0: Do you want to just take, want to take a quick second? This is uh, Rick and Manju. You guys want to introduce yourselves?
3: Yeah, sure. So uh, I'm Rick Ryder. I'm a product director on our Infor OS um, group.
4: We'll actually talk a little bit about what Infor OS is, but. I'm Manju Ganimasti, and I'm part of the technology stack development of Infor.
3: Yeah, so just a quick overview to kind of set the scene of what Infor is. We are the third largest ERP software provider globally. Um, we've got over 90,000 customers, over 71 million cloud users. Um, our strategy is mostly around um, micro verticals, so industry focused software solutions. So think of food and beverage, manufacturing, aerospace and defense, those types of things we have highly focused solutions for. Um, but across all of those different verticals, we have a core technology suite that Manju and I are a part of, um, that comprises all these different um, technologies you see here. So. On the UX side, we've got um, search or documents, we've got an iPass solution, an IoT solution, workflow solution, all of this across all of our different cloud suites. Um, and we partner heavily with AWS. We um, started this journey with them over four years ago and we are heavy users of a lot of their um, AI stack today. Um, so some of our use cases will go a little bit more in depth as far as how this flows, but A lot of these you can sort of predict, right? Um, We've got a huge repository of documents but what we're ultimately trying to do is extract a lot of that uh, sentiment and relationships across those documents to create more knowledge. Um, We're also using it as a part of search, so being able to create a better search experience based on the output from Comprehend. And finally also looking at our chat platform. So how can we you know, transcribe those relations, or those, um, you know, messages between, between employees and unlock that 90% of knowledge within uh, the organization to, um, you know, create more uh, knowledge, maybe for uh, a digital assistant in an AI context.
4: Thanks, Rick. <clears throat> so for Infor, uh, we deliver a lot of business applications and uh, and, and for different uh, verticals, different business domains. and. <clears throat> so our group provides uh, the base technology for all of our business applications, and it's called InfoOS. And uh, three of the components that are there in this InfoOS are uh, the the document management and uh, search and the chat platform. So these are three of many other common components we have in the InfoOS platform. So coming to the unstructured data, so which is you know, primarily documents, uh, one of the... The cloud suites we have is the human capital management, and uh, one of the, the use cases of that is uh, the performance reviews, right? So there is a lot of, lot of performance reviews in the HCM system stored over, you know, historical data, and it's all in text. And um, you know, one of the use cases for us is to use <coughs> uh, NLP to analyze that and to provide the inputs to our HR HR representatives of our customers to see how the analysis was done. Either from the employee perspective or from the manager's perspective, so that's one use case, and we store. So for the, our document management system is based on S3, so all of our documents are stored in S3, and uh, so we intend to uh, use those documents, use NLP to process them, and give feedback to the uh, to, to the HR users. So that's just one use case among many that we have.
3: Yeah, and one other quick use case that I think is a pretty sexy um, use case. We work with the Brooklyn Nets. Um, So one thing that we're looking at uh, utilizing Comprehend for is we've got all these NBA contracts and how can we compare that and understand, you know, what's contained within those and compare it against the 700-page legal CBA and be able to offer a solution to where now NBA teams can quickly negotiate contracts or open up free agency and make those quick deals using this technology. So that's another use case.
4: That's pretty cool. The second one is the search. So you know, in ERP systems, search is like, you want to search for a purchase order, you give a number or a, an ID of a purchase order, and uh, you, know, you just keep your fingers crossed that uh, you get what you asked for. Uh, <clears throat> but in Google, the search is natural language-based. So if I need to go drive from, uh, you know, from here to Los Angeles, I just say, how much time does it take to drive from here to Los Angeles? and you get the data, actually. So we want to get our search to be as good as that, so with natural language. So we would like our users to provide inputs to us for search in in a spoken language, and we want to use uh, Comprehend to analyze that string and to be able to convert that string into something that we can feed to Elasticsearch. So that's one area where we are exploring to use Comprehend. And in addition to that, <clears throat> we also have data in graph database. Uh, so we would like to analyze what is the relationships that is there based on the information we get from entities and key phrases to build some relationships and also to query the graph database to get uh, meaningful results to our users. The last one is the chat. So we have a chat platform of our own, so that is part of our Info OS. And there is a lot of and, and this is intended for the employees of our uh, customers who are basically you know enterprises, and we, we are planning on feeding this information, this chat uh, inputs or whatever text conversations that happen, and uh, feed it through comprehend, and to be able to uh, create a knowledge base because uh, if somebody is asking a question on like how do I create a purchase order and somebody responds. So we can gather all that information, run it through Cam- Comprehend, and build a database out of it, so that in future if somebody has a question on our search, so like how do I create a purchase order, so we can tap into that data, we can recommend that this this person knows this, in, this, uh, th- this step as to how to do it, et cetera, so that we can make our search results better and also to build a better knowledge base to the enterprises.
3: Yeah, and right along with that last uh, kind of use case Manji was going through is ultimately what this is feeding is our entire um, you know, AI concept in Infor Coleman, which is our digital assistant. it's our machine learning, it's everything, it's our entire AI strategy. So using Comprehend to sort of redefine and evolve our knowledge base is really helping us um, sort of revolutionize our AI um, strengths.
0: It's fantastic. It's been great to work with you guys, so Look forward to going forward. Thanks, Thanks guys. You know, working working with Elementum and Infor, you know, it's, it the it dawns on you that the investments we're making in these the like things like Comprehend, you guys heard about Translate, Transcribe, applications are becoming intelligent. Applications can see, applications can hear, and applications can read. And you know, I, I love the I love the stories for both of the, our customers and how their applications are understanding, they're contextual and they're becoming intelligent, smart applications. It's it's great stuff. So I think we're I think we're doing okay on time. I want, we want to show one more thing. Um, how are we doing on time? I don't because the clock's not working up here. All right, minutes. 20 minutes, great. Okay, so we have time for Q and A. Q&A. Let me come back over here. Get this machine going. So one of the things that uh, we like to do is um, run our own stuff. So we built a demo, uh, which is really interesting for. Um, I like to show this because I, I think it—it kind of just shows you how uh, charting, reporting, analytics just becomes smarter. Um, so what we did here is we built—we built, uh, we built a, a solution. I have the um, architecture in the next slide um, that where we were—we were pulling in tweets from the Twitter firehose, and we're looking at everything. Um, let me actually show you that first, and then we'll come back to the demo. So what we were doing is—is is we're pulling in all these tweets from Twitter. We're, looking, we're just looking for the ones that mention us, just uh, AWS or reInvent. We're using the Kinesis Firehose to help us transact that. Um, we're using Lambda uh, as a coordination capability for the, the workflow or the pipeline, and it's sending all these tweets to Comprehend. And then we're taking that output and we're writing it to S3. So now we've got this really interesting data set of all of the Comprehend output for tweets. And what we did is we fired up, uh, you know, you could use Tableau, you could use Excel, uh, Power BI, whatever. In this case, we're using um, QuickSight. And we've built uh, a, Athena queries and views over this uh, S3 bucket. Stuff's all built in, no custom code, nothing. We just did this all in QuickSight. And so we, we, we built this, we built this, this uh, solution, and it's been, re- it's been really fun and really interesting to play with, and it definitely helped us dog food around stuff. So what you're seeing here is re- are real tweets coming in over the course of the event um, that break down the most discussed entity categories. So on the right, you can see a lot of tweets. This not a marketing event. Organizations, prominent people. Usually we've got really pop famous people, popular people speaking. Um, you can see that you know, title, software, events, locations. These are all entity categories extracted. And then they're all being broken down in, these are the most discussed entities. So of course, no surprise AWS, but you can really start to get a nice breakdown. So let's go, let's, you know, it's actually obviously a software event, so let's do something interesting. Let's sort this view, and let's see what software titles are mentioned the most. So all I really did is I, I just said, hey, go into the entity category, software titles, and then just kind of, it's really just a quick count and sort. And it's really interesting, you know, just at a very quick glance, you can see that, you know, there's things like, you know, Linux is important, JavaScript, I'm not surprised by S3. I'm not surprised by EC2. I do think it's interesting that Lambda is that popular, right? So Lambda is being talked about is one of the most talked about things in the sets of tweets that we've been pulling off the Twitter firehose. This is super important. Now, as a a Lambda product manager, and and I know that product manager is excited, they're going to go dive in to say, "What are they saying? Like, give me, give me the keywords extracted. Let me go build, build a view." Uh, are they positive? Are they negative? Turns out they're a little bit positive, right? It, this application itself is actually multilingual. We're actually using Translate to pull in tweets from other languages. We're translating them, and then we're running those through Comprehend, too. So we're getting things like German tweets, uh, French tweets, uh, Spanish, uh, Sp- we support Spanish-Spanish tweets. So it's just really interesting to see what you can do with you know, a service like this. And this is a super basic you know, uh, analytics solution that most of us have been building over and over, right? Those sets of components. So we thought it was really interesting. We wanted to kind of just take some time to show you this. We'll, we'll save time for a Q&A, too. We'll go back. OK, so the call to action. So we, we spent time on that portal. Definitely log in, play with the portal, paste in your own stuff. It's really cool. We're fully integrated into the AWS SDK fully integrated in BOTO3, so you can start if you want to write Python, it's super easy to do. Um, the service itself is free to try. We've got a really nice free tier there. Like I said, you can invoke it, no code in the portal. You can run text analytics with no code. Um, and then, so you can go ahead and get started today. The service pricing is just as everything else at Amazon. It's really transparent. Pay for what you use. And we charge you in little billing units uh, for characters. Um, again, we give you a really healthy free tier, so you could pretty much play with it as, you know, uh, for your use case. Um, The AWS SDK also includes code samples. Uh, Demetrius and I were just just huddling, like, we're gonna try to make the solution we just showed you, open source, you can go play with that. Um, We're gonna keep adding samples, so definitely, you know, follow us, follow the forum, um, you know, tweet us, um, hashtag Comprehend, uh, and, you know, we'll announce to you what's going on. Um, And, uh, you know, first and foremost, just we really appreciate your time today, and especially our partners. Thanks so much for coming up and showing how you guys are building against the service. So that's uh, that's Amazon Comprehend. Thank you. Great. Yep. So we, we get the feedback a lot. So that's actually a good question. So the question is, what is the support for document types? Right now, it's text. Um, we are getting we are getting other docu- popular document types like Word docs, PDFs coming in. Um, it's things we're thinking about, so we, we plan on looking at that. Uh, we'll just let's just fire away. Vlad, do you want to come up? Come on up, Vlad. Uh, how do you handle emojis? Like, you... It's great. So uh, right right now we don't we don't support emojis. Um, it's something again we're thinking about. Um, we're, we've talked to a number of customers that are not only emojis but also. Uh, uh, icons that represent a feeling it 's really interesting we 're talking to one of our customers in Japan, um, so we don 't support that yet, but it 's something we 're thinking about. So the, the great question, so let me repeat it. So the question is, and we we're talking to you about how to train an NLP model. The first thing you do is you, you want to think about a domain like, you know what are the entities that you'll find a domain? So for example, uh, the entities that you might extract if you're working with legal documents is different than entities you'd extract if you worked on marketing with like brands and companies. So here's how we think about it. So we built this service um, to cover, a re- we, went, we went broad. Let me put it that way. So we went really broad. Our first approach is to go broad, to get peoples, organizations, brands, things like that. We hear a lot about what you're saying. We hear customers say, well, I want you to go deeper into my vertical. I want you to know more about legal or insurance. We are thinking about that quite a bit. right? So I, I think the way to think of it is, is let's keep that conversation going. Um, it's, I think it's something that you know, we, we, we think about and we, we plan on uh, talking to you more about. It's a common model right now, though. That's just the... Uh, uh, oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, is there a reason why it's a topic? You know, right, so we actually... Um, what I didn't tell you is we, we built our own LDA uh, algorithm. And it's fairly new. Um, I don't think that limit's going to stay there forever. We're going we're to we're take the feedback, so give me your feedback on what limit you want to see there. Um, right now, that was really just a quality perspective. Just make sure we can really nail this with up to a certain topic range. Um, so that's a that's a great question. So um, SageMaker is going to give you options of LDA algorithms. So I don't think they'll just do one. Um, so this one in particular is uh, is one of our proprietary ones, right? But SageMaker will offer you a variety of LDA models. So, for and
1: to to add more notes to this, also in our uh, uh, LDA implementation, we also have pre-processing stages to add lemmatization, stopword removal, in order to make sure that the topic quality is better than just. Uh, using an algorithm, uh, uh, so it depends on your level of um, depth. If you have something very specific, you can go to SageMaker and build an application by yourself, or you can try the fully managed solution based on the things that we th- we think that will increase the accuracy.
0: Sir. Sure. So the so the question was, can we recognize uh, like XML elements, like XML tags? Right. Sure. Yep. So the right. So you could you can throw it at the service. Um, I don't I don't suggest it. We haven't optimized to do syntax extraction, if you will. Like, um, so I would just keep it plain flat text for now. But if if that's a capability, I'd love to hear more about it. Like kind of extracting the syntax. And then what was the follow up question you had one about? That's a great. So right now it's an unsupervised model. We're going to kind of run it. We'll return back to you the topic buckets as as we've sort of, as Dimitri said, as we've sort of built it and tuned it. Um, you can you can think about running it through the entity extractor first, and then sort of, you know, using that output, joining that output, the topic output. But right now it's just really unsupervised. We'll kind of just give you back the groups as we see them. What do you mean to feedback? Okay. What, what it does just. To, okay, that's fine. What it does is it will just give you the topic groups and give you the keywords and the weights, um, and then you know if it's if you don't like it, you can go back and try more topics, less topics to find the top, the keyword fidelity you want. But let's 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 play with it when you're when we're done. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah. cool. Okay, it's a great question. Let me repeat it because it, it's an important one. So it was another question around our ability to extend this model that we've built to, for your specific um, vertical, your specific knowledge set. The the answer today is that we hear this loud and clear. We don't really disclose roadmap stuff, but we hear it. Um, we think about it a lot. Um, you know, the answer today is if you want to go into t- training your own model and extending it, and 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 for your specific industry, SageMaker is a great tool. Um, And then you could use the ecosystem of annotation training tools available to you. And if you want a common model that you want to invoke today for the entity categories or the key phrases we've described, that's how we're sort of articulating those two things today. Um, But we hear the feedback.
2: So two questions. One is, what's
0: typical latency on calling for kind of short strings of tags? The second one is, you mentioned languages. You said you're going to recognize multiple
3: languages, but then you also said in your demo you're using translate. And so I'm thinking the reason is if I want to get common result sets across different languages, I have to pre translate. If you have input on different languages, is it going to just return back in the source language and not?
0: Yeah. Okay. So let me. I'll, you want to take the latency first? So I want to come back to one. Yes,
1: yes. Yeah. In terms of latency, uh, the latency right now depends on input size. So as the input size grows, you would expect uh, a bigger latency, but it's in the few hundreds. And we're actually uh, monitoring it very closely to make sure that, uh, uh, that there are no uh, uh, variability in the, in the latency that you will get. And in, as part of uh, the plans, we're, we want to make sure that this is very, uh, our models are very optimized, and they meet the latency guarantees. So,
0: if if you have really uh, like low latency requirements, lower than he's mentioned, I'd love to talk to you about it. Yes. in Your use case. Um, so the second question was really was, was a great one around uh, language support. So let me just I'll start from the top work down. Uh, the the APIs that the synchronous APIs we walk through support English and Spanish today. Obviously, we, we know there's more languages. We've got a pretty aggressive roadmap to address those going forward. Um, we don't really have anything to, to specifically mention today, but we're going to support more languages officially. The language ID service will just identify the language. That supports up to top 100. And then, as I mentioned, Amazon Translate is preview. OK, so it's a preview service. We've seen that you can translate first and use Comprehend. We're not, really, we're not giving official guidance yet to do that, candidly. Um, if it works for you, that's amazing, uh, use it. Um, but you know, I think the official guidance is English and Spanish. If translate works, great. Otherwise, we'll just keep following up. I'd love to hear from you on your language requirements. Um, we're kind of building that roadmap now. Let me re- repeat. It's a great question. So right now we've built sentiment. Um, it, it applies like kind of the corpus of document or at a sentence level. The question was, can we get down to entity-based sentiment? You know, so like, you know, you were talking about, um, I really like my iPhone, but I hate the price, right? So you want to be able to actually differentiate those two cor- uh, items of sentiment. The service right now is sentence-based. We think of, we're thinking about quite a bit around entity-based sentiment um, in the future. So. Sir.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as an example, let's say I have a set of documents about coffee, a set of documents about tea, and then I have a document that says, I love coffee and I love tea. Would the last document be
1: classified as of being part of the yeah, Yes, it would. I can, I can take that. So the uh, LDA as a topic extractor, actually, you will get as part of our results a list of document to topics, and it's one to many. So for each document you can you can see the assignments to each topic with an associated weight. So if for example you mainly talk about tea and you have a few sentences about coffee, you could also see that on the on the weight assignment. Okay. Does sentiment
0: include intensity? processing? <laughs> <laughs> not not right now, it doesn't. The question was does does sentiment include intensity? It, it doesn't right now. Um, we give you we give you uh, like a confidence score. Um, right. So, and I think that's really like you know, in, like I think I showed you. Well, you'll know how positive or how negative it is. But we don't do. Um, we don't. We don't do. That's your confidence in your assessment of good or bad. Not. I'm really really pissed off. Or I'm just a little. True. Off. Right now we don't we don't support that use case. Yeah, of someone being really 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 mad. Yeah. The, the confidence it's, of it's the. It's a great label. great feedback though. So I'll take the I'll take the domain one. You can take the one. Okay, so um this it's a common model right now. So if it works for you in healthcare, uh, use it. Down the road we'll figure out how you know how to make this extensible for you. Um so that's sort of our answer for healthcare. So it's just you know we really try to have this common model do people, locations. Organizations, things like that. So it depends on your healthcare use case, it could really work for you, right? But if you want to go deeper into drug types or things like that, right, we, it wouldn't be an ideal model for that at this time. You know, like notes, really exactly yep. Well, that's that's the thing is, it depends on what you want to extract from those clinical notes. So like the key phrase API may work really well for you at this point, right? So I urge you to sort of the devils in the details are on what you want to extract from that text. Um, but if you're looking for something that's like highly custom for your specific healthcare needs, you know, I, th- I think SageMaker is an excellent thing to look at.
1: And on HIPAA eligibility, we cannot uh, uh, comment on dates, but we are actively working on it, so you should expect news. <laughs> I just needed to know that it's on
0: the road. What we say is we're thinking about these things actively. <laughs> So I've got this one here. So we're not very good at. So you know we're, we're. It's very. Um, you know, I like. To, it's a very uh, straightforward. I think sentiment service right now. Sarcasm's tough, because you know, uh, uh, without getting into examples, like some people might really like a certain politician, some people might not, right? So it's an incredibly hard problem right now. I think it's more around, you know, do I not like? Do I hate? Was it how was the experience? Right. So we we don't really support that use case. Um, it's also really contextually specific, right? So uh, Twitch, the, the massive gaming portal, is one, it, it, they're an Amazon company, but we work with them as a customer. Um, they literally, <laughs> we were cracking up, were, it was a real bloodbath. It's actually really positive on Twitch. They're like, that game was amazing. That, that sentiment on CNN is the worst thing you've ever heard. right? So it's very uh, contextual to that. But today, it's, we really give you sort of that black and white view around that customer's experience of the brand, product, or service, using those sentiment descriptive words. I'm really glad we, we did the Q&A. This is excellent. All right. Okay. Yeah? Um, so
4: when you do sentiment, are you like, doing the word count model, or are you more on the contextual?
0: Oh, it's, it's, the sentiment comes fully from the MXNet model underneath, under under the contextual model, too. Yeah, it's not a regex or anything.
1: Yeah, it's a deep learning-based contextual model.
0: Which sets us up to get more contextual and you know better over time, right? So we'll start to handle some of these better... But wrap it up. Okay, I'm, I'm getting there. Get off the stage. Okay. <laughs> so thanks, everybody. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much.